The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're getting up close and personal with Princess Di's hairdresser. Yes, Richard Dalton, he's an award-winning hairdresser to Princess Diana and has an illustrious career uh, before and after as well. And I just met him this past Saturday night on the Queen Mary where he gave an incredible um, two-hour talk and insight filled with uh, thrilling anecdotes uh, one after the other and, um, and just kind of wowed the crowd who then went, who was having tea at the time, and who then went into the Princess Diana exhibit. Now, those of you who have been listening to the show for quite a while will know, um, or are on my Twitter and Facebook, uh, will know that um, I started a, a relationship with the Queen Mary um, this, during this past year by uh, donating, uh, lending um, the Dutch, lingerie of the Duchess of Windsor and um, the dress that uh, Kate Middleton wore to catch her prince. And those items are on display as well as an incredible number, the largest number, in fact, of Princess Diana dresses and an amazing array of other royal family memorabilia. Um, It's a part of the Queen Mary that has been just dedicated. It's been built to house this collection. Uh, and it is amazing. People come there thinking they're going to breeze through it in an hour or so, and you could really spend a day or days if you read all of the uh, information about next to each of the cases of the exhibit. It's just breathtaking. And Richard, of course, um, has uh, well has some a lot of the items on exhibit are from him originally. And, um, and of course, his talk about being Princess Diana's hairdresser fits in perfectly with the whole ambiance of uh, the Queen Mary and, this, and the Princess Di exhibit. So uh, I'm sure today's talk will not only be uh, interesting for you, but will also encourage you to take a visit for yourself and see some of these things that we're talking about. It's really, it's, it's just uh, really personal kinds of items that are amazing. So, without further ado, Richard, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, um, Dr. Carroll. It's a pleasure being here. And I want to start with, before we get to, of course, your most famous client is Princess Diana, 
But before, but what's so interesting, I think, is your story um, of how you started out in a tiny Scottish town and wound up uh, being the hairdresser to Princess Di, and then, of course, uh, now being in America and, and on the West Coast, as we'll talk about at the end. Um, your voyage, you know, has is pretty incredible as well. So why don't you? I, I, when people come on my show, I usually I take them back to their birth. <laughs> Being a psychiatrist, putting them on my couch, and um, and I'd like to start with what it was like for you growing up in this tiny Scottish town and deciding to be a hairdresser, and 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 your voyage from there. Yeah, well, I think actually uh, to call it a town is. Uh even bigger than it is. Huh. It's actually a tiny village, the village of Fala, um, which is spelled F-A-L-A, and it's in the Lammermoor Hills, south of Edinburgh. And um, I was actually born in the house that my parents lived in for uh, 61 years. And my hmm. father was a local baker. My mother was a tailor. And uh, it was just a, an incredible childhood growing up, you know, right on the edge of the moorland and, and sort of the rolling... Lammermoor Hills behind. But, you know, that's, uh, that's interesting. I just want to, um, both of your parents did the creative things with their hands. Yes, and um, actually my grandfather on my father's side also was a tailor. Hmm. So, um, you know, growing up, it was, uh, you know, my, my parents, were, my, my mother was very artistic, and my father just loved creating, uh, you know, cakes and, and various, and wedding cakes especially was his hmm. forte. But um, the village is, uh, I would say, 25 people in high season, as we always <laughs> used to say. <laughs> uh-huh. but, um, but it certainly was a, a deal childhood of, of growing up there. And, you know, I did always want to be a hairdresser. You know, it was, um, I can't think of any other thing that, even at school, when they, you know, when you're going to leave school and they ask you, what are you going to do? And I said, I want to be a hairdresser. And, of course, all the other guys in the class are, ho, 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 <laughs> you know, and, um but that's that's exactly what I wanted to do, and I've always stuck with it, and you know I've, I've enjoyed every day. It's never been work for me; it's always been a, a pleasure to do what I do. And you said that you, from a young age, I, I don't know how young you, you were, started cutting your mother's hair and your grandmother's hair. Oh yes, my my mother. Um, you know, when I was an apprentice, I started at fifteen, and my mother was, uh, you know, sort of the latest things that I had learned, I said, you know, you've got to be my model and, and poor thing. I mean, she went through quite quite a, a few changes in her <laughs> hair. And when I look at photographs back now, it's pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> and your grandmother? My grandmother, um, you know, she was uh, amazing. She had long hair, but I remember tangling the comb up in her long hair and I did get a clip around the ear when I had to cut the comb out. <laughs> These were just the you know, the the beginnings of, uh, you know, what, what we turned out to be the great memories. And so then you you heard about this um, contest for a, a scholarship? Yes, I mean, it was um, Vidal Sassoon. I mean, in these days you had to pay for uh, your, you know, your apprenticeship, which we, we have in the United Kingdom where, mm. you know, you start, it's a three-year apprenticeship plus two years, and then you obviously learn as you go along. You start sweeping floors and... Uh, there was a competition um, the first time Vidal Sassoon had, uh, you know, you, on merit you could get a, a, a job working in Sassoon's and learn the techniques of the Sassoon cutting. And, of course, I was probably one of the first to win the, the merit award and, and moved to London, which uh, 
my my, uh, my boss in London was very upset about it, but she she also remembers saying to a friend of mine who was the receptionist manager, Ina, and uh, we're actually still good friends. She lives in Canada now, and it's a few years back now, but Ina and I used to always laugh about Mrs. McKean, who was my boss, and she said, Richard will never make anything of himself because he's ah. just far too cheeky. <laughs> but I, I was when I opened my salon and Claridge's, I was thrilled that Mrs. McKean and Mr. McKean were were able to come to the opening of the salon and Claridge's. Mm. So um, we became very close after that. So I mean, that must have been pretty um, challenging moving from this town to, or this village to uh, to London and being on this scholarship. I mean, that was it wasn't you were a Big big deal, I guess, in in your town, wasn't that a big deal? Oh yeah, but everything I did in the town was a big deal because <laughs> it was it was a local gossip with twenty five people. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was just uh, you know even even now I, my next door neighbors I, I called them, invited them actually to the Queen Mary, and they were excited. But we're actually going to be doing another one, I think, uh, probably in a few months' time. So I do want them to come from Scotland, and uh, they've never been to America, so. Uh, they were terribly excited when I suggested. And Walter, who's my neighbour, and his wife was a local policeman, and um, he's now there. So I always keep in touch with them to find mm. out who's passed on and who's still there. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So now, um, so there you were, you working, having this scholarship, and working um, with Vidal Sassoon. I mean, on his uh, in his training, and. Where were you when uh, and when you met um, uh, Diana Spencer, Lady Diana? Um, I was actually working for an American company in Bond Street, um, and um, she was 17 when I first met uh, the princess. And her uh, sisters, Lady, Spen- Lady Diana Spencer, uh, sorry, Lady Sarah Spencer and uh, Lady Jane used to come to me at Phoenix, where it was on Bond Street, the salon. It was around the corner because we both worked at Vogue. And um, Dinah would come, um, you know, when she was having her holidays done, for hair for her holidays, rather. And uh, I didn't actually do her hair originally. It was my assistant. And he used to do her hair, and I would still continue to do the two sisters. But then she was Lady Diana Spencer. It's so. What was your first impression? I mean, it's so interesting now. You must get a chuckle out of it looking back that you sort of passed her on <laughs> to your assistant. Well, I, I didn't pass her too far because I used to do her hair on occasions right uh-huh. up into uh, to the wedding. You know, I would do probably a couple of times a month, but not as it became laterally, you know, sort of when when we were doing her hair full time, it was probably every day for mm, 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. But it was probably just once every couple of months when my assistant couldn't couldn't make it because he had other interests that he was involved in. So, but but I'm interested in what was your first impression of her? I mean, did you ever think? Well, she always had great presence. I mean, she was extremely tall and extremely elegant and very very beautiful. The typical English rose. I mean, her complexion was just beautiful, but more beautiful in real life than the actually the camera. Mm-hmm. Portrayed her because she just had this inner inner glow. She was just amazing. And so um, that that was a fascinating story about how about the wedding and about your assistant and how, tell us about that. How that all? Well, she always used to say she'd like to read redo the wedding just to get the hair right because <laughs> obviously the bangs collapsed and I don't think that we used enough or enough hairspray was used and you know. 
he was a stylist, so it was a fact of, you know, when you do hair, dressing hair is um, actually making the hairstyle part of the tiara involved in the, the whole movement of the thing. But just to, you know, put it on like a, like a hat doesn't mm. quite happen. Mm-hmm. And I think with the weight of the tiara and not using enough spray on the, on the, the bangs, the whole thing just collapsed. And I think it, it could have been a little larger with the size of the dress. Mm-hmm. It was a big dress. Yes, but but um, the story of how she then decided to he, well, he had she, she didn't want to ha- have him as her hairdresser or hairstylist anymore. Uh, no, we, we, we I started doing it more and more um, as time went on, and, and then there was a tour to Australia, and uh, he had recently been married and uh, just had a child, and she felt that to go away six weeks from the child was. Uh, you know, so she asked me if I would take over and, um, you know, sort of do it full time. So I went to Australia for five weeks and he just did the one. So and then I took over full time, more or less after that. And part of the story was that she was not happy with him because he had been somewhat indiscreet. Yes, he was very indiscreet and in actually selling, um, selling his story to the tabloid newspapers. And um, it was just, she was very annoyed and very upset about it, which... You know, I think it's an unwritten story. <clears throat> in, yes. uh, in, in the hairdressing, you just don't tell and don't kiss and tell on your clients. Yes, absolutely. An and unwritten you... story that you know is part of, part of the job. You know, you listen, you hear everything, you know everything, and say nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was really short-sighted of him. Well, we do need to take a break. Um, my guest is Richard Dalton. He is. Princess Diana's, he has been Princess Diana. He still holds the, uh, the honor of having been Princess Diana's hairdresser. And we'll hear more um, of his story when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with Richard Dalton. He is an award-winning hairdresser, and he has been the hairdresser to Princess Diana, amongst other luminaries. And um, he's, we're t- he's taking us behind the palace wall and along his journey from Scotland to, uh, to Southern California um, and with the palace in between. You know, uh, Richard, you have been quoted as saying, the media would say, if you want to find out anything, just ask the hairdresser. Yeah, that was, that was one of the major titles, uh, I think, in one of the tabloids. And any, any questions that, you know, came up, I mean, they would always turn up in Claridge's. I mean, one night I was leaving Claridge's and half the foyer stood up with notepads and I just about turned and, and ran back down through the kitchens and out the back door. Huh. But they always used to print, uh, you know, only our hairdresser knows for sure, you know, where is he? Yes, but yes. I knew, probably knew everything and said nothing because, you know, as I was saying earlier, it's um, an, un- an unwritten law in the profession that you don't rat on your clients. Yes, so. absolutely. And, of course, being a hairdresser, it's such an intimate, you know, touching somebody's head and, and trying to make them look beautiful and make them look happy with how they look and so on. And, and all the hours, I mean, you spent... Uh, I, I was amazed. You tell us about how once you started after the wedding, once you started becoming full time Princess Diana's hairdresser, um, how much time did did that entail? How many well, different quads? Yeah, well, I mean, it was every morning because uh, she would swim in the morning at Buckingham Palace, and by the time she'd finished a swim and got back, and w- would be waiting for me um, when I arrived, and I was always earlier. Actually, in all the years that I worked there, I was never late once. Hmm. But I was always, like, a little bit early, and she'll, she got wise to this, and you shout, Richard, and mm-hmm. then I would run upstairs, and she'd be waiting, and I would do her hair. Some days it was 15, 20 minutes. Some days it was longer, really depending on, on where she was going and what she was doing and how far she had to travel that day. And then if there was a state occasion, and um, probably tiaras in the evening, I would go back again. But uh, having a, my shop in Claridge's Hotel, um, you know, I was always in the shop by 9 o'clock, but I would probably have to leave again around 4.30 to return to Kensington Palace. But I, I did spend a lot of time every day with her, and obviously when I traveled the world with her, you know, I was there all the time on the plane. She was, you know, next door or whatever. And uh, sometimes while traveling, it was, you know, three times a day, morning and afternoon, and then again for state occasions and tiaras in the evening. Wow, one of the benefits of being a princess. Wouldn't, wouldn't all, all of us women love to have a hairdresser to, to fix us up three times a day? Wow. Well, she, she always used to say that. You know, she was, she was very gracious and, you know, used to say, you know, people say I'm so beautiful, but, you know, without the trappings of the, the job, like having you here three times a day, you know, that's, you know, she always used to say, people always say, you just look like you've had your hair done. And she said, what they don't realize, I just have. <laughs> <laughs> that was always her, her joke. <laughs> so um, tell us about, now I, I know I was reading that um, the oddest place that you've said that you'd had to do her hair was in the loo for, uh, 
for all non uh, Anglophiles, that's the bathroom. <laughs> on, on, on the 747, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we used to plug everything in and, and uh, you know, obviously we couldn't both get into the same bathroom on a 747, but we were outside and we sort of worked it from there because obviously coming into land, um, there'd be a lot of people waiting to see her, so obviously she liked to look her best. And we always did the hair three-dimensional and walked around to make sure it was fabulous on every angle. So, well, now, how did you decide? I mean, you ma- you made some really distinctive hairstyles for her. And um, how did you, like, did she ever talk about wanting to grow her hair longer or try some well, longer? We, we, we did, I think, way back in the beginning. Um, she wanted to grow her hair, you know, and, and, and we did grow it quite long. And then we put it up for the opening of Parliament, which was worldwide front page you know, like a disaster. The general public did not like the fact she was changing and she mm. had a tiara. But, you know, sort of famous journalist from Paris used to come over or called me to say she was coming over. Um, and um, I had to wait in the salon while she flew in from Paris. But, I, you know, I said to her, how many times have you changed your hair in the last mm. probably three to six months? But, you know, that was probably the most official state occasion for the opening of Parliament where everybody wears full-length white gowns at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, we were just trying things differently. But um, we should learn that um, any changes that we were going to do in the future would be done gradually, and it would be like a quarter of an inch every other day. And, you know, it was, um, you know, just that, that's what we did. And, and it wasn't a sort of major media uh, blitz like she's changed her hair. And, and, by the way, what was she talking about was... Um, you know, so her uh, charities and various important things that she liked to sort of, you know, say say that she was doing. But I think it goes to show it was, you know, the president of the United States, his second inauguration, and what people talking about is Miss Michelle Obama's bangs. Yes, yes. You know, it's it's um it's kind of strange. But anyway, it's all to do with fashion and 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 the look, and this is what the, the public are interested in. Yes, so it was they, they overshadowing what... Uh, everybody's walking around with bags now, probably, or whatever. <laughs> well, just so everyone knows, I've had my bangs. <laughs> so yeah. good. I didn't copy copy Michelle Obama. Well, she was probably copying you, Dr. Lee. Yeah, that's it. No, she, I, I know. I just didn't want to say thank you. <laughs> well, so, okay, tell us about some more highlights of, of your time with her, and then... Um, I kind of, I, it must have been really hard during the times because you were with her um, full time or, you know, as, as the hairdresser from 1981 to 1991, correct? Uh, yes, it was, that was it, yeah. So, but I know, and obviously, from yeah. the time she was 17 till the time, till right. after the marriage, I did her, you know, off and on for, for a long time. Right. Um, but highlights of, my time with her, I think every day was a highlight. But, um, you know, I, my thing was to travel. I always wanted to travel. And, you know, after I left Sassoon's, I was actually used to travel down to South Africa on the, the liners, or the mail ships, as they called them in these days. And I used to do people like the Duke of Wellington. And I remember doing hair study one day, and huh. I said, how would you like your hair study? went, nothing like yours. <laughs> so, um, you know, then, then I was very fortunate traveling with the princess, you know, you traveled first class and whatever, but, you know, you were on Her Majesty's Yacht Britannia, you were on Concorde, you were, 
you know, it was just, you know, an amazing time of my life. And so. you, I, I had the impression from hearing you talk on Saturday night that, well, first of all, you're still incredibly fond of her, and, and, and um, I mean, that, that was just, you really got very close with her. And so it must have been hard during those years um, when her marriage was rocky um, to to see her pain. It was it was terrible, yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I, you know, people say you've never written a book. No, because every time I've attempted to write some kind of book, it always wants to be turned into um, salacious, and, and too much has been said. Mm-hmm. There's been salacious, and if, you know. Again, if you have anything nice to say about somebody, just shut up. Right. Say anything, you know? And she needed to be protected rather than exploited. That was always my, um, my opinion. Well, were you kind of like her psychiatrist? <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, informally, of course, when, but I mean, hairdressers are like... When they announced that, yes. I, and I used to have a very well-known psychiatrist come every day, every month from Switzerland. And um, she said, you know, I don't just come to have my, my hair done. She says, you are my psychiatrist. And I used to say... Oh Lord, I think I need to charge more then, <laughs> because she was very prominent and, um, you know, sort of only the wealthy could afford to to go to her. Um, uh-huh. But you know, it was, you know, certainly a hairdresser is, you know, a psychiatrist in that sense, most definitely. Yes, if it's very sort of non-threatening and and being able to uh, yeah, and and especially when you you have the trust and you know that it's not going to go any further. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's um, it's just very important that someone in the profession should know that. Because there's a lot of gossipy hairdressers out there. <laughs> yes, yes. And especially when uh, people, the clients leave them, and then they feel that they have more uh, freedom to be able to gossip. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And it's um, it's just not my style. Now, you... Um you would do not just uh, do her hair, but you also tried to coordinate things. You were telling us uh, about some examples of things that you would do in connection with her gowns. Oh, yeah. I mean, she would probably, every time I, I'd go there in the morning, there'd probably be two, maybe three outfits hanging in her dressing room. And she said, what should I wear today? And, you know, I, well, I said, where are you going? And she'd probably say Newcastle. I said, well, it's going to be cold up there today. So, you know, I would you know, advise that also. With the dresses in the, the exhibition, the, the red and black dress, the you know the one black glove, one red glove, the pearls down the back, um, you know, sort of all, all you know, just quirky little things that we used to have fun doing. And I think she was always wearing British designers originally, um, advised by Vogue magazine in the beginning. And we, you know, I used to think her hats were terribly old-fashioned, almost mm. like something the Queen Mum would wear. And, um, you know, we found another designer, um, great milliner, Philip Somerville, and uh, I went and did some research and found out that Philip Somerville, and she made an appointment to ask me if I'd go with her, and I always laugh to this day that Philip Somerville always dined out on the fact that um, when he met me, I was introduced to her by the princess as, oh, this is my best friend, Richard Dalton. (laughs) Philip always thought that was... Amazing, and, and um, you know, that's how it was. It was just, uh-huh. uh, you know, but um, say nothing. And, uh, you know, I, she liked Phantom of the Opera, so I went a couple of times with her to the, the opera, and the theater, rather, and um, 
there's a, I think it was in my exhibition on Saturday, and the Queen, there's two pictures with um, uh, Sarah Brightman, and, uh, mm. and and she's written hair by Richard Dalton because her hair was short then, and she'd written with a silver pen and gave me these two um, two photographs, which I still have today. <laughs> yes, those the um, those things that you put on display are are really special, really precious. You, you also uh, told a story about how you would make her tiara fit. <laughs> well, that was, again, that was way in the beginning. That was in Australia. The, the tiara used to really, really give her, you know, a headache because it, it was just most uncomfortable and really tight. And she said to me one day, you've got to do something with this because I saw a picture where she was really, um, obviously was really hurting. So I said, oh, I'll fix it. So um, I put the tiara on my own head and used, as we called, knicker elastic, which was, um, you know, just... The thin band of elastic they put on, and I, I tightened it to my head, and um, from then on it never hurt. But the, 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 you know, I don't think it's much heavy as annoying to the point of view. It, the pearls on the, the lover's knot tiara rattles a lot. Spencer's tiara was was much, um, much, much comfort, more comfortable to wear, but the other one was it did rattle quite a bit. But after that, we had no more complaints and. Um, you know, it was just perfect. But we did the other things with um, the emerald um, necklace from Queen Mary's, Cabajard emeralds, that we used as a headband. Again, that was in uh, in Melbourne, Australia. And, and little quite... did people know, though, that it was being held on by, by uh, Knicker Elastic. Knicker Elastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to take a break. Um, okay. Again, my guest is Richard Dalton. He is the award-winning hairdresser to Princess Diana. When we come back, we'll hear more about uh, about his illustrious career and what went on behind palace walls. Um, that that, <laughs> but that he doesn't isn't that he's able to kiss and tell about not the not the really confidential stuff. Um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Do you find yourself tearing pictures of rooms out of magazines? Do you watch certain movies and TV programs because of the homes they show? Are Sundays reserved for open houses? Then you are a home dreamer. And someday, you will build or renovate your dream home. Steve Cliff has spent three decades learning how to win at the dream home game. 
His show, Winning the Dream Home Race, can be heard every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Let Steve Clip help save you money and make you a winner. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, here with Richard Dalton, up close and personal, the award-winning hairdresser to Princess Diana, and as I just found out during the break, also to Prince Charles. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I said, you didn't say that. He said, nobody asked. Well, I, because I was thinking, I, I, it, it didn't occur to me actually until just this minute to ask, because I was thinking, I guess, like a psychiatrist, you know, sometimes, depending upon the, the, the couple, I mean, sometimes it's fine, but um, that sometimes you don't, it's sort of awkward, to say the least, to be um, uh, confidant to both a husband and wife. How did that, and particularly when you were there as the marriage was beginning to crumble, that must have been incredibly difficult. Uh, well, you just learn. I think uh, just learn to be discreet, you know, and know, who's, who, know whose team you're on. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, when, when we traveled, there was always the A team and the B team, uh, A team being herself and the B team being the prince. <laughs> so we, we we all knew who the allies were. So. <laughs> that's, well, that's probably why you don't don't mention it. You know that it was more important and and more of a relationship with Princess Diana. Now uh, to show how Prince how how much Princess Diana trusted you, though, um, I think one of, one of the examples one one way to to demonstrate that is that you she chose you to be the first one to give. Um, Prince William and Prince Harry, their first haircuts. Yeah. Um, well, I, I used, you know, and after that, I cut their hair regularly up until probably, um, would, well, I think William would have been over nine years old, but it was, it was a regular every two weeks. And yeah. I used to go up to the nursery, and I mean, both the boys absolutely loved when they saw me in the nursery because they knew they got extra television, so we'd put the chair in front of the television uh-huh. and... Um, they were all excited, and some days I'd go up just to say hello, and they'd run and get the chair. I went, no, we're not having a haircut today. I just came to say hello. No. Uh-huh. You know, but it was, they, they were just amazing, amazing little boys. Yeah. And, and just so funny. And they, they were just a regular, a regular family. They were just fabulous. And, and I traveled with them to Sandringham with Nanny Olga. And uh-huh. that was quite an experience in the, in the train. They were up on the luggage racks, and running around, especially Harry, he was, uh-huh. you know, he was, uh, he was up in the luggage racks and swinging on things and, you know, climbing over me, so, uh, <laughs> but it, you know, they were, they were great memories. Um, yes, and, and uh, you, I, you I said um, that you thought that Diana would be very happy to, that um, Prince William gave Kate the, her ring, Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I you know, think... it's interesting. I'm interested in why you say that, because when that happened, I, I was sort of ambivalent about that. I, I wondered whether, two things, whether it was maybe putting too much of an expectation on her, on Kate, to fulfill his mother's shoes, and also, like, you know, did she want her own 
an engagement ring. But so tell us why you think that it was well, a wonderful probably, thing. Well, I think probably, you know, William was so close to his mother that um, I, I just I think he, he felt that he just wanted to be, her to be part of the wedding, and that was something that was mm. very close to the princess, something she wore every day. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, really think uh, it was more or less how her involved with, uh, you know, the whole, mm, yes. the whole wedding. Yes, that's true. I, I really know, and, and I think Princess Catherine is is quite something. I mean, she is special. Yes. Very, yes. very special. And yes. I think Diana would be. I just wish she had been here to, you know, be part of you know her relationship with with Princess Catherine. Yes, yes, yes. I think so too. It's so she's so. I mean, there is a lot of, and I think you say that too, that there is a lot of Princess Diana in Kate. Yes, uh, it's a class act, total mm-hmm. class act. I mean, mm-hmm. she is just uh, incredible, as as the princess was. And I, I think, you know, William probably took such a long time to, to ask her because, um, you know, I think protecting Princess Catherine, you know, against some of the things his mother had gone through, that he had gone through with her. Yes, but well, um, great, great team. Yes, yes. They're, the, the inner glow as well as being a class act, but for both of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I know this is sensitive, but uh, so don't, uh, you know, just answer as much as you feel comfortable with, but um, it must have been really hard for you to leave. You, you left in 91, and that was when everything, things were kind of getting... Before it actually broke. Yeah, it, it was very stressful, um, you know, because I, I had no one to talk to, and mm. you know, I didn't know Dr. Lieberman in these days, so mm-hmm. I couldn't have a psychiatrist. <laughs> so, I would have helped. <laughs> I uh, wish you would have known me. Then. Yeah, um, but it's. Um, I, I, I think probably I realised the stress I was under after I had gone because I left um, shortly after that. I, I moved to New York, and then then I found myself in California a couple of years later. But it certainly was um, stressful. And, of course, I was actually back in um, Manchester when she did the television interview, and I was with um, a group of friends. We were all sitting around, and my really good friend, um, she kept saying to me, did you know that? And I kept saying, yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, why didn't you tell me? I said, it's not my position to tell you. But she said, I'm your closest friend. And I went, still, it's not something that one discusses. You know, it's, it was very private and something I, I just didn't want to discuss. Well, it must have really been hard to leave her, though. I mean, as far well, as I think, I think we were in Budapest at the time, and, and the stress was enormous within within the, the company traveling. Mm-hmm. And she said to me one day, she said, "I I think you want your freedom back." And I said, "I think perhaps you might be right, Mom." So, um, and then you know. We sort of wound it down, but uh, there was a, a lot of people that are here after that. But during the time from, you know, as I said, 81 up until 91, nobody touched her hair at all but me. Mm. I was the only person that ever touched her hair. Mm. And um, yes, it was, but, you know, I, I was, I, I'd always wanted to come and live in America, and I'm still here. Mm. So, uh, but mm. but I, I do like going back to Europe. You know, but I, I did manage to see a lot of Europe with the princess. We traveled all over the place. Yes. Well, all right. Um, we have uh, a caller on the line, so why don't we? Um, and I, I actually, 
I didn't remind people that they could call in because I'm so fascinated talking to you myself. I'm sorry <laughs> for you. hogging you, but I guess as the host I get to do that. But I, I'm going to be generous now, and, and uh, we have a caller, and it's a special caller, um, Margaret Rogers, who is the co-founder of the Pink Ribbons Crusade, which is the charity, it's a charity that helps breast cancer patients, and it is, it does that by touring this royal exhibit, which is now on the Queen Mary. So, Maggie, welcome to the show. Hi, Dr. Lieberman. I just wanted to call in and thank Richard so much for what he did for us on Saturday, um, and um, how grateful we are to have his wonderful items of memorabilia that make the exhibit so fascinating to people. And I thought perhaps he might want to expound on the one item that we have over in the dress room, which is um, Diana's schedule. I know he talked about doing her hair three times a day, but uh, when you read that schedule, it looks like it was a lot more than that. But again, Richard, thank you so much for supporting us and allowing us to do what we're doing for the um, breast cancer patients of Orange County. We are and, of course, Dr. Lieberman, we have your wonderful items as well. So we just wanted to thank everyone. Well, thank you, Maggie. Um, the, the, the appointment sheets that actually are on the wall there, and I always, I always laugh with people because she, she always, when she was writing something, she always did it on both sides of the paper. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think she was trying to save the trees or anything, but that's just <laughs> how it was. So, but the appointments that are hanging um, on the area in the exhibition, uh, you can see all my changes by my handwriting where I've scored it out and put, you know, Easter or uh, Sandringham or wherever Kensington, KP would be Kensington Palace. And there's all the changes that we did because although she sort of probably gave me six months uh, on that particular sheet, um, it became every day. So it was, um, it was just, uh, you know, something. And then I have probably another stack of several envelopes of everything that she gave me, handwritten notes, which I never, ever threw away. So mm. I was a bit of a hoarder, so I, I have collected everything. And, um, yeah, I have lots oh, well, lots I shall of... look forward to seeing those, I can tell you. Oh, yeah, well, there's, there's lots of, usually sort of pink notepads or pieces of paper. And, and also when we went to, you know, Sandringham for the weekend, there'd be like um, she'd give me a list of her lady guests that were perhaps going to the formal dinner at um, Sandringham House and it would be like Lady Vesti 4 o'clock Mrs. Kerr 3 o'clock the Duchess of Roxburgh at 5 o'clock and then I would have to go around and knock on all the appropriate doors and find out where they were and if it was a Duchess you did all of their hair as well oh yeah only only at weekends you know if it was a sort of a house party I mean I had nothing else to do so apart from sitting in the pantry and drinking Chateau Lafitte 48. Um, <laughs> well, I look, at, I look at that schedule and I go, as much as I like having my hair done and as much as I look looking, looking nice, I don't think I could sit that long in a chair every day for well, someone to... Well, I would say to... quick, 15, 20 minutes max. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. And just think of the wonderful banter and gossip you could get. So. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, it's, I mean, it's a fascinating schedule to see, and we are so pleased to have it, and uh, we are so pleased to have you want to be part of what we're doing. I just wanted to thank you and Dr. Lieberman very much, and I hope that other people will call in because I know you have a lot to share. Thank you, Maggie. Nice talking okay, to you. Okay, bye-bye, well, Thank you, Maggie. For, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, maybe you should mention some of the other things that you've donated or loaned, I should say. <laughs> I always catch myself saying that, donated to the... Uh, loaned. Oh, is that the music? That's music. Oh dear! <laughs> I heard it this time. <laughs> okay, we need to take a break again. It's going so quickly. 
As you can tell, as I promised at the beginning, Richard Dalton is fascinating and has an unending supply of fascinating stories. He is the award-winning hairdresser to Princess Diana, and when we come back, we'll hear about what he's been up to since then. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, Tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I want to get back to Richard Dalton, who is the award-winning hairdresser of Princess Diana. Um... I wanted to give you a chance to talk about what you're doing now because people don't realize, I didn't realize, I'm, um, I mean, I was thrilled to hear that, that one could actually um, be quaffed by you these oh, days. Oh, absolutely. I'm available. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so tell us what you're doing. What am I doing now? I'm actually uh, doing a couple of things. Um, I, I do sort of a bridal and special events in uh, around Orange County, Los Angeles, wherever you want me to be, San Diego. And I work very closely with a bridal magazine called Ceremony, um, both Orange County, L.A., and um, San Diego. And I've done all their photographic shoots for probably the last several years, and they won't have anyone else do the hair, which is very flattering to me. I love that. Um, and it's and their great book that you, that you gave out at the, the event. The book Saturday. we gave out, and there's also there's going to be a, there's a slip inside there as well where you can get the new issues. Um, oh, uh-huh. uh huh. I, I don't know if you noticed my beautiful model, Kimberly. She's uh, yes. she's actually one of the models in the in the yes. magazine. Yes. 
Yes, I saw that, and I yeah. spoke with her. She's very sweet. Yeah, she's um, amazing But I just lady. wanted to say that that magazine, it's like an art catalog. It's like a paintings catalog. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautifully done, and it has everything for the bride to be. Um, you know, you've got flowers, you've got table arrangement, uh, you've got gowns, you've got locations, and also you've got hair. <laughs> so um, my and numbers, very romantic hair dressings at at that. Yeah, they uh, you know and we do themes which is great. We do like Hollywood's nineteen thirties, forties, and it's just it's it's a great fun and it it's a wonderful magazine and I do that once a year with them and um, I also am the ambassador for a fabulous hair care line with my um, business partner Julie and she's based out of Santa Barbara and it's Philip Martin's. Organic hair care, um, and it's also organic hair color, which is um, which is just absolutely amazing. And it's from northern Italy, just outside Venice. But the product, both skin care and hair care, and I absolutely, I obviously used a lot of products in my time, but this is um, definitely philipmartins.us. Um, please go online and have a look at it because it really, truly is um, a great product. And, and, and you're it, also the spokesperson for Samson Hair Restoration. Oh, yes. That's why I've got long hair now. <laughs> <laughs> Samson Hair Restoration as well is um, the other person I'm the spokesperson for, which I think, you know, hair transplants in the past have been, uh, you know, kind of scary for the hairdresser, but I think the hairdresser needs to know about this new technique that Samson uses, which is um, just a micrograft. And, do you um, actually do it yourself, or I don't know. I had it done three times, and you know, it, it is a case to be careful what you wish for because I've got quite a lot of hair now. Yes, you <laughs> have an amazing, yeah. <laughs> amazingly fabulous head of hair. Yeah, and so I you to refer tell them to... people to the people who do the Samson hair. Absolutely, we, I I will send them out and um, you know direct them where to go for SamsonHairRestoration.com. dot com. But it's truly is an art form, and uh, it's not like your cookie-cutter hairline that you, you used to see a few years back. So, um, you know, I keep myself busy and, you know, with, with sort of high-end product lines and high-end services like Samson and Philip Martins. Yes. So, um, um, well, what... what um, what would you? We're, we're kind of coming to the end of the show, and of mm-hmm. course, I'll, I'll give out your um, your website that people can go to before we close. Yeah. But what what haven't we talked about that you want people to know? Uh, I think over the last few days, I've talked quite a lot, quite a lot about everything. Um, no, I just think uh, you know the memory of the princess is is uh, is very important of. She was a true humanitarian and the most incredible mother, and she was an extremely good friend. And and you've said that you would hope someday to have the chance to speak with um, William and Harry. I would I love to meet both of them again because I'm sure I have a, a lot of questions that they would like to ask me and yes. questions that I would genuinely like to to let them know. Yeah, how, how truly wonderful her mother was because I, I you know I did get to know her extremely well. And she was an amazing lady. Well, okay. And you're going to be doing, um, you're going to be coming, do we have a date yet for when you're going to be doing another talk on the Queen Mary? I really don't know. Um, they're still working on it at the moment, but okay. I think maybe July. Okay. Um, but we'll, we'll see. But if they need me sooner than then, I'm here. Okay. Well, um, everyone should keep checking out the Queen Mary website. 
well, there are all kinds of wonderful, um, wonderful events and so on. But you, well, you should be particularly checking out the Princess Diana exhibit on the Queen Mary. Yeah, that is definitely a must see. And also, they're having a Scottish uh, evening. Oh yes, yes. Ne- next month, so um, I will definitely be there. Yes, right. I'll bring my two dogs <laughs> with me, and my friend's bringing her two Westies as well. So we'll have four Westies. <laughs> yes, you can't miss that. But um, really, um, especially now that you've you've been tantalized by Richard's uh, descriptions of up close and personal of of some of these uh, more information about Princess Diana and what it was like to to work with her, and um, uh, and the the exhibit is just spellbinding. People walk, in, you know, they, it's so interesting to see people walk into it because they don't really ex- they don't expect what it's going to be. They don't realize it's going to be such a glamorous, fabulous exhibit. But it's something that we all, you all should see. And also check out the uh, the items that I loaned the um, Duchess of, of Windsor negligees, lingerie, and uh, Kate Middleton's um, dress that she wore in the fashion show at college that made uh, Prince William turn to his mate and say, wow, she's hot. And that's when he took her out of the platonic friend category and put her into the love interest. And we now know the results of that night. So, so, uh, and again, I want to make sure I give out your uh, website. It's richarddaltonstyling.com, Richard, D-A-L-T-O-N, styling.com. Um, check it out. You'll see, uh, some photos of, of models whose hair he's done that are just fabulous and some events that he's done and, and uh, just read more about him and keep checking, keep checking the Queen Mary website for when he's going to be there again. It's a, a wonderful tea and uh, hearing him talk and, and, and having tea on the Queen Mary and then going to see the exhibit is a treat not to be missed. So the Queen Mary is, is uh, docked in Long Beach, California. I know this program is going out all over the world. So uh, so for all of you, it's a good reason to come to California, if nothing else, but to see this exhibit. So, Richard, thank you so much. For, Dr. Carroll, um, thank you so much. Uh, and I, I'm so happy to have met you because, you know, as you can, as we chatted about on the ship for a bit, um, you know, I, I've been, ever since I went to London to bid on Kate's dress, the original, um, I've just been and then gotten involved with the Queen Mary and this exhibit. I've just been totally fascinated by the whole thing and um, want to share this experience. And I'm so so grateful to you to being on the show and, and sharing your experiences. Well, thank um, you very much for inviting me. It was a pleasure. And again, Richard's website is richarddaltonstyling.com. So check that out and hope to see you at the uh, next at the next chat of Richard's on the Queen Mary. So st- see you next week, or, or <laughs> see you in a, in a way of, manner of speaking, see you next week. Tune in next week to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What sets apart Voice